Welcome to the Liberty Moms podcast. Chris Kimball hosting today. Liberty Moms are the real secretaries of defense when it comes to their communities, their families, and their children. And Liberty Moms are proud and honored to be part of the Loving Liberty Network. And we thank all of our listeners who uh, take the time to listen in and, and hear what we have to say each week and share what Make sure you share about Liberty Moms and and let your friends and family know that you can learn about important issues that affect your families here in Utah by listening into the Liberty Moms podcast. So thank you, thank you. And today I'm really excited because I co-host the Liberty Moms podcast and my co-host is my guest today. And that (laughs) is Delaine England. So she's wearing a different hat. She is going to be my guest. And the reason why I wanted Delaine to join me today is because Delaine is, oh, my goodness, she is such a um, a liberty warrior. She, well, let's just call her a liberty mom extraordinaire because she takes time out of her life every legislative session that goes on for six weeks, and she is up at the Capitol keeping an eye on our legislators because. They don't always get it right when they're putting bills together and trying to create law or fix laws or fix problems that they think need to be fixed. And Delane, thank you, thank you. My goodness, I am so oh, it's so great to be on with Chris. I've just really missed being with you. So yeah. thank you, honor. Yeah. So so today I want to do. I mean, Delane is up at the up at the Capitol right now, and. I want this to be kind of an education. Um, All of our podcasts are educational. Let me put it that way. But I want to dive deep into how you as a citizen can get more engaged because I can guarantee maybe not all of our listeners because our listeners are a little bit more um, in adapt about what's happening and how to be involved in the process. But if you're a little bit newer or you've never even thought about wow, I could go up to the Capitol right now and watch how bills are being made. Or if you can't make it up to the Capitol, the the government, um, the state government has made it very easy to listen from home. Okay, and so the most important website for you to be locked into is LE, that's L like Larry, E like Edward, le.utah.gov. And they have this excellent homepage and today we are going to scroll down from the homepage. So I've just gone to the homepage on le.utah.gov. And I thought it would be kind of fun um, since I have Delaine here with me and she's up there every day and tracking all the bills that are going on. They actually have a link on that website that talks about the bills that are trending. Okay. And so what they mean by trending is it's, the bills that are creating the most activity and the most interest, I guess, through the public back to between the legislature and the public. 
And so I thought we would maybe go through that list because a lot of them are quite interesting and they kind of go all over the the spectrum. But before we went on the air, our producer, Brian, was talking about the school choice bill. And so I thought, you know, let's let's clean that up, Delaine, while we let's can. Go. I mean, I'm the, the bill has excited. passed. The bill mm-hmm. has passed in Utah and it was HB 215. And let's talk about what, I mean, just on the get-go, this bill should never have been voted on because the way it was constructed. And why is that, Delaine? Well, the thing that's really interesting about this bill is exactly how it was constructed and then how fast it came out of the chute, very first day, boom, and just went through lightning speed. Bill is already passed and on the governor's desk. So it's been signed. It's been signed. It's already, it's already last, in. Last Friday, yeah. It has a really very engaging name, Utah Fits All. So it sounds like something that would fit every student. And it's about parental choice. And who isn't in favor of parental choice that doesn't love liberty? So that sounds really engaging. And a lot of people that we uh, work with and that are liberty lovers are really excited about this bill. But here's what we want you to know is what the bill actually does. If you really understand what the bill does and what the bill is really about, I think it's really important. I I know I think a lot of people haven't read the bill. So what it does is it creates a it creates a um, it creates a business basically. It, it creates a platform. And they, this platform gets $1 million right off the get-go. So $1 million bucks goes to this platform, and they're going to, it's a scholarship platform, and then what they do is they're going to decide who gets the money, who gets the scholarship, and who doesn't. There's The money that they've put towards this program is enough to pay about 5,000 students tuition. A student gets... 8,000 from the state, but the, um, in this tuition, this this um, scholarship, they're going to get about $4,500 to $5,000 of it. So the school's still going to get some money. They're going to pay the infrastructure the school's in, and then the scholarship they'll get at the most $5,000 for each child. But the And it can be, the money can be sent to either the school, a private school, or it can be sent to a homeschool family. Now, if the homeschool family takes the scholarship, they're no longer classified as a homeschool family. They're classified as a scholarship recipient. So they're putting them in a different category. And that's the design there is to try to keep separate those who take the scholarship and those who don't. And so this will only help 5,000. So I don't see how that that fits all. And and you know what is so true? We all want parents to have choice. And we know that this the public school system is failing many, many children. Not only is it failing them in their education, but also when you look at all the pornography that students are getting at school, when you look at the social engineering that's happened about that's happening there, you look at how they're being spoon-fed climate change and climate control. They're being fed that the white race is, is you know, an inferior race, basically, and that we are pretending to have white supremacy. Well, they want our white children to um, be held guilty for past generations' behavior. Yeah. yeah. 
something which, that only a few people in America even participated in, which is immoral and, and unprincipled. But it wasn't like the masses of white people participated in it. It was a very small amount. And, you know, black people participated in slavery as well as slave owners. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of issues with our public school. And so we can see why a lot of parents want to get out and they want their kids to go to private school and to have the funds to homeschool. And so that the premise sounds really awesome. But when you actually look at the bill, uh, there are some serious problems with the funding. It only applies. You can only applies to low-income families. So it doesn't really fit all at all. And we know that from history, we look at what has always happened. I have yet to find a program, and I've honestly been looking, because if we could find a program where the government funded it, and then we didn't have strings attached, we had freedom, then that would be a good place to use as a template to create this idea. But we know that without exception, every time the government funds something, they're going to want some accountability. Tech- so I want to I want to walk our listeners through to understand what that could look like. So we're talking about private schools right now that they 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 don't have to cater to what state mandates are or the Supreme Court because they're privately owned. And so there's a lot of private schools in Utah that pray. Public yes. schools don't. We, just- we chased. We chased God out of public schools back in the early 60s, okay? But, you know, private schools still invite God in the classroom. And so they're teaching at a different um, uh, level because they're allowing um, God, they're allowing Holy Spirit to come in and be with those children. And they they quote scriptures. Totally different. Yeah, and so what can happen now is if these particular schools that are using, you know, the word of God and inviting God in the classroom, if they're starting to accept children that have this money attached to them and the school is getting this money, the government can step in and say, well, you're accepting this money. And because it's the government and we we need God out of your classroom, we need God out of your school. And they can turn our private schools into the dumpster fires that we have in our public school system. That's what this bill is allowing, the, the is segueing into that, it, right? Yeah. We saw this with charter schools. When charter schools first were set up, they had their own charter and they had total free reign. The parents set up the charters. The parents had so much say in the education system and charter schools worked very well for about seven years. And then they came in and said, well, you know what? This is government funded. You're going to have to comply with Common Core. You're going to have to comply with our testing because we can't be giving you government funds. And then we don't know how you guys are doing. There's no accountability here, which is pretty reasonable to people who are taxpayers. And so then the government comes in and says, well, you have to have these tests and you have to have this curriculum. And so once you do that, then you've completely taken over the schools. And we know There is a huge wave to take God and religion out of our society that is just very much permeated our society. And this is a great way for them to segue in. And of course, many people don't believe that that's true. And it will not happen overnight. Yeah, I think it will take five to seven years before. Well, and and the thing is, the the horse is out of the barn, so to speak, because the bill, as you mentioned earlier, went through the legislature in the first two weeks like lightning. You know, it was on a silver platter. I, I say it was preordained before the it session was. started that this bill is going to pass no matter what. And and so it was signed last week. And so 
I think now what we have to do is if we have children or have friends or family neighbors, we have to let those schools that are private homeschool groups, you need to let them know that they may not want to be accepting these kind of scholarships because they don't have to. They do not have to. They don't have to accept these scholarships, this this money that's tied to the government. And so now we have to be on the on the back end of this now and getting to these uh private industry, these private businesses that are educating children and letting them know this is what can happen. And you just explained beautifully, we saw the pattern with charter schools. Okay. And you know what, you you make such a good point because the real danger, because they go, you know what, if your school doesn't want to comply, they don't want to participate. They don't have to take the funds, but here's what will happen. And this happened with charter schools. What happens is parents will go to the schools that will accept the funds so they don't have to pay. So they're like, now I have the government paying for my private school. And how that hurts the schools who won't take the money is they lose students. So the charter school or the private schools who take the funds get stronger and they get more embraced in accepting the funds. And the private schools who don't accept the funds lose students and they get weaker. And that is the way you shut down the excellent private schools and and because the schools become very dependent and I teach at a private school and they've already sent a letter out to all of their parents and said we want you to know we will not be accepting the money because we know it will come with ties and we will not and so we're very concerned about what will happen to all of these schools which I know off top I've talked to at least six private schools myself who said they will not accept the money but they are very concerned about their solvency because they're concerned about losing students. Well, that is definitely a problem. So anyway, that is what has happened in Utah. It's being promoted by many, many, many conservative groups here in Utah and nationwide. The school choice is the answer, and it is not when it's attached to the government. So real quickly, what would be the best way for parents, we talked about this before we went on the air, for parents to receive the the funding so that the school, the government's not attached to it. It would be on a tax credit, right? Yes, because in a tax credit, everyone gets treated the same. It's right on your tax forms. Everyone gets treated exactly the same. And that way you're not getting a check from the government. You're taking your money that's yours and you're deducting it from your income and paying whatever school, homeschool or private school that you want. And, and, you know, that should be opened up that that money should be free to every single person and they can pay their private school, their homeschool, or they can pay their public school. If we open that up so that every parent who has a child in school chose where to spend it, even at a public school, that would make it, that would be a great program and that would really be sincere um, school choice. The other problem that I have is that we accept 9% of our education budget comes from the federal government. So before we even try anything like this, we need to cease all funds receiving, all funds from the the, uh, federal government because we know once you take a dime from the feds, they always come in and say, well, we're giving you money. You have to comply to this. And we know that all of the strings that they give us, it always costs us more than the 9% we receive. So it is doable to just cut those funds right now. 
So okay. I'm glad you brought that up, Delaine, because there you go. There's a string attached because we accept that 9%. Only 9% of our education funding comes from the federal government, but yet they're the ones that are telling our schools here in Utah who gets to use what bathroom. Absolutely. Yes. It's the federal government. That is, that's the, that's the Biden administration, and they are reaching their hands into Utah saying, you know, boys and girls can share the same bathroom. Boys and girls can shower together. Yes, okay. they can go on sports together. They That's can go because of that 9% funding that they give us in education. So right there is a perfect example of why of what happens when you start getting money from government sources. That's right. And that's the, pl that's the first place to start. And that's why I tried to convince those that were behind this. Like, you're starting in the wrong spot. First start there. Then we can actually create some systems that will give us autonomy. Well, okay, so I want to stay on the topic of education because one of the other bills, and it's actually the first one we just talked about, uh, the, oh, one more thing we have to ad address on that bill. So here's the deal. No matter what was contained in that bill, the bill was unconstitutional because it contained two separate issues. It contained teacher funding and choice uh, this education choice on scholarship. And the reason why they did that, I mean, they did that by design is because they were trying to get the liberal uh, UEA-based teacher school educators. They, they thought this will be a way to get them to vote for this bill. So what they did is they created an omnibus. We became the swamp. Yes. We mm -hmm. became the swamp. We're just like D.C., they tack on all these issues into one bill. And if you vote no, then it's like, oh, well, you must hate children. Oh, then you must hate teachers. No, it's just that our Constitution doesn't allow us to do that. Yeah, our Constitution says one bill per issue. And I know they said, well, it's both education, so it's the same issue. But that the, the Democrats actually really called them out on that, saying we want these to be separated so we can vote on the, the increase of funds for teachers on their raise, and then we can vote on this other bill separately. And that was actually very reasonable. That is a principled design is to separate them. Yeah. And that would have been an easy thing to do because they had the language already created. They just had to pull it out of the one document. It could have very could have easily happened. They chose to ignore it. And so the integrity of our legislators who voted for that was diminished because they chose to ignore our Constitution, which is the supreme law of Utah, of the land of Utah. Okay. There's no getting around that. It was just unconstitutional. There's just no real yeah. way. To it was. So, okay. So the next one that's trending second was from, oh, no, no, no. We're going to skip his. Okay. We're going to go trending third. Sorry. It's okay. SB 100, the school district gender identity policy, Todd Weiler. And so talk about that one. Okay. Well, I was so excited about this because this is actually my senator and we haven't agreed on anything for years. So I was like so excited that my senator was sponsoring this bill. It and is unfortunately. I want our listeners to know that your senator is a Republican. Yeah, he, he, he has, Yeah, he runs on the Republican ticket. He runs I mean, he runs under that party, but yet yes. you haven't been able to agree. I he used to be my senator as as well. Yes. And so I've had the same problem with them. Yeah, but this was really exciting. So what this bill does, it's SB 100. And what it does is it, it simply says that the schools, LEAs, cannot hide from their 
from the parents, the child, if a child goes into a school and is changing their identity, that they cannot hide that information from the parents. Because schools are considered safe places where children can go and they can pretend to be the different sex than they actually are. And the schools support them in it, they affirm it, they help them with it, they let them change their clothes, they change their identity, change their name, and then they withhold all this information from the parents. And so this was pretty amazing to me, and I was very proud of Senator Weiler for sponsoring this bill and saying, parents have a right to know, schools should not be hiding this information from parents. And what was really interesting is his neighbor, who he has been very good friends with, and actually did a bill several years ago to be able for people to be able to change their sex on their driver's licenses. So they could, you take a legal, document a state document and create a lie because you can't actually change your sex so he sponsored that bill it didn't pass but um that same neighbor whose daughter trans transitioned to a boy or at least attempted to and um that father went into the committee and testified that parents do not have a right to know and that they should not know he said i am a terrible dad I was very mean and I was very judgmental and I would have made my daughter's life at the time, which is now he calls her a son. I would have made their life very miserable and I would have probably been abusive and very mean. And I'm glad that this school protected my child from me. And so he testified against Senator Weiler's bill, which is very interesting that a parent thought it was a great idea to hide this information from parents. Anyway, it, it's been watered down some, but it's still a good bill. And so we're. Um, right. And I was just looking and it is it got through the Senate with um, bipartisan. So the Democrats were against it. So Democrats felt like the schools should hide information about your child. OK, you guys, listen, you're in, if you've got children in public school, the Democrats thought it was just a OK that the schools lie and protect the child or let's put it this way, um, instead of honoring parental rights and the right parent to know everything about their child in the education environment, they felt like they knew better than you. The Democrats, yeah. they know better than you do about your child and the schools do. And whatever the school finds out about your child, you don't have the, uh, you don't have the, the right to know about it. It's unbelievable to Pretty that's pretty crazy. It's scary. Democrats are openly admitting, yes, the school should hide this. And as a school teacher, my job isn't to educate children. My job is to support parents in helping them to educate their children. And it is never my role or my right to come between my students and my par and the parents of my students. My yeah. job is to support that relationship and to help them come together. I'm a support that's system, not exactly. an intervention system. So, so I did notice, so that was the Senate. The Senate had this, they were in lockstep, but when it got over into the House Committee, I did notice, oh, you know what? We are wrapping up here on this first segment. So stay with us. We're gonna take a short break here with the Liberty Moms podcast. We'll be right back.
to the Liberty Moms podcast, Chris Kimball hosting today, and my guest is Delane England, who is our regular, you know, our co-host here on the Liberty Moms podcast, but she's up at the legislature, which is in session right now. We're in week number three, and we've been going over some of the trending bills that are found on the legislative website, le.utah.gov. Scroll down until you get to below the calendar, you'll see some options where it'll talk about trending bills and that's where we are. And that's where you can go if you kind of want to just get a snapshot of what is the most exciting legislature bills that are going through the process because not everything is is exciting. A lot of it is kind of boring because it's cleaning up language and such. But we were we were just discussing uh, Todd Weiler, Senator Weiler's bill, SB 100, School Gender Identity Policies. And I do want to say that as it moved into the committee, into the House committee, that there it, it became, um, there was bipartisan support for it. So the Democrats in the House actually um, have a better understanding of parental rights at this point because Jen Daly, provost, um, voted for the bill. Well, they're they're more accountable to their constituents because they're up for office every other year. So they're always more conservative in the House. They're always more receptive to their constituents. And so yeah. that was a very wise decision for not only for her reelection, but just for her as a mother and as a, a person in the community that she recognizes that this is um, best for children as well as parents. And, you know, I didn't realize, but it's actually it's actually passed out of the house and there were only five gosh i think my legislator carol moss voted for it really yes yes so there's only five democrats that voted against it in the house and now it's going back they they amended it though they amended it so it was watered watered down got to concur with the senate which i'm they will i mean the senate will concur And it is something that we can always bring back next year, the next year, and try to just inch away and make it a little bit stronger. Yeah. So you don't have to go tell the parents. They just can't hide it from them. Yeah. So anyway, that that was a a good bill. That was a good um, protection that needed to happen because it was a problem that was happening. So again, I just want to tell parents, if your kids are in public school, and your kids are telling you it's not happening at their school. I promise you it is happening at your school. I promise you. Mm-hmm. I promise you they are being subjected to pornography. It is happening both in printed materials and on digital. They have computers there. They're being subjected to pornography. I can promise you that. If, I mean, not every single child is, but children in the public school, many of them are being subjected to pornography and they're it is a rampant problem in the school, the trans movement and the social, the ideology. And, the social and it's basically grooming. It's a grooming process that they're trying to infiltrate in and come directly in contact with our children. Okay, so Delane had a personal request yes. to look at a bill, HB 131, and it does happen to be trending. And so it's a great bill for us to discuss. We'll jump to it. We leave education and now we're getting into medical freedom and personal privacy, which is protected by the Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. So now we even have the supreme law of the land. Um, and we're HB 131 is basically there to kind of support that right of privacy, right? The right of privacy and also the right of religion, the First Amendment. 
your right of conscience because what it does, it's called, it's called vaccine passport prohibitions. And it's saying we will not have vaccine passports in the state of Utah, forbids it. It, it does three things. It says the government of any kind, no government, can force you to get a vaccine in order to be a part of the government. They, the government cannot force that. The second part is that your employer cannot force you against your religion or your right of conscience, nor can they, they have access to your private medical records to know if you've been vaccinated or not. So you can't be forced into being vaccinated in order to keep your job. Now, there unfortunately are a few carve-outs. One is if you're in the medical industry, I want so much to protect the people in the medical industry, but unfortunately we can't do it because they they're just they lobby so hard and legislators will not support the bill. Well, they can't because the Supreme Court ruled remember, yes. last uh, yeah. year. So they can't. They feel like yeah. they can't. And so the other thing is the public marketplace, the public square. You can't be forbidden to participate in the public square because you don't have a vaccine passport. So those that's what the bill does. Those two things. It's an excellent bill. Last year, it was HB 60. We had more people show up for that bill in committee and in in calling and emailing legislators than any other bill in the 40 years that I've been lobbying. And um, so this year, and we received so much opposition last year because they're saying we don't want the government to impose mandates on businesses, which I'm like, well, when are you going to, which bill are you going to sponsor to repeal some of the mandates that the government imposes on my business? Exactly. But we said our right, individual rights, your individual rights are given to us by our creator. Businesses do not have rights. Businesses have powers. Businesses are given powers from people because they're not created by God. If we believe that our rights come from our creator, then those are inherent rights that we have. A business doesn't have inherent rights from God. God didn't create it. So our rights individually are oversee, supersede the rights, or excuse me, the powers of a business um, since they don't have rights. So we've been able to have literally no pushback. This bill has sailed through is doing very well, but it, we do want to have great support in the Senate and want to be sure that it does pass. And now, the- my understanding is I thought the bill made it out of the Senate committee last week. It did. You know, it's interesting because this is the first time I've gone to the legislature, le.utah.gov, and looked at the status, and it just says that it's in the standing committee. They haven't updated it. Isn't that odd? Oh, you know, it's because, okay, it has, it is not, it has been assigned the Health and Human Services Committee, but it isn't on the agenda yet. So that's why it shows that way. But I thought they voted, didn't they vote last week three to one? That was was the House. The House voted it. And then 60, yeah, that was 60 to 13, but. Yeah, the House voted in committee and then it went right within 24 hours. It went on the House floor and voted on the floor. Now it's been assigned to a Senate committee, but it hasn't been, it's oh. not on, you go to the committee. Okay. It, yeah, okay, I must have gotten that mixed up with another bill because I remember there was a bill that we were watching tomorrow. last we'll week that on. did get passed. But um, anyway, so on this particular bill, which Delane was just explaining, uh, again, it's it was a bipartisan vote, which means yeah. The Republicans for you, were for your personal liberty. That is an unalienable right given to you by God. And the Democrats were opposed to it. The Democrats think that government 
or businesses who were influenced by government during COVID should be able to tell you what kind of um, things you ingest in your body or inject into your body. Okay. So no, that it was a, it was a partisan, not bipartisan. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. Partisan. Partisan. Yeah. So it's just party line on how they voted on that. So anyway, again, um, the, the, the party of Liberty, as much as you're going to hear difference in the media at this point in time is the Republican party. Um, they are a little bit more in line. I'm not saying that they've got it down pat because they're way, they've still got a long ways to go. <laughs> but on this particular issue, we've got some great people working on it. So, um, so that is good news. And um, basically what you need to do, if you're listening to this in Utah and you have not contacted your senator, you can let your local senator, your own state senator, know that you support HB 131, which is a vaccine passport prohibition, and ask them to vote for that. Reach out. We to would them. ask everyone to reach out because we need this bill to pass with um, with an veto-proof amount. So we need at least two-thirds votes in the Senate because it was very veto-proof in the House, and we need that to be because we don't know for sure what the governor will do, and we want it to be veto-proof. So please make sure your senators vote in, in support of it. Okay, and you can that was great. I'm I'm glad we could pull that up. So I'm looking here. You know, let's talk about, um, we don't have to get into a lot of details, but state flag, that's trending. Yes. And I believe that bill has been kind of put on hold, right? It's interesting because that bill, SB 31, was sailing through and now it's just sitting there. It hasn't been put on an agenda for the committee in the House yet. Um, there's a great, I don't know anyone supporting it that's a citizen. The only people I know supporting it are the senators and some legislators. There's a huge movement they really wanted. If you've seen the flag, this is my take on it. I We pass all these bills, uh, you know, five to 800 bills every year. Why don't we, if we want to pass a bill, why don't we pass a bill that you can't have bad taste? Because that flag is literally <laughs> the ugliest flag I have ever seen. The new flag. It is it is more like a logo. And I like, you know what? All they have to do is take that bill, change the name to logo and make it a logo. I could I could stomach it because it isn't a flag. It isn't beautiful. It isn't, it doesn't have any meaning. It doesn't have any connection to our heritage. Our state flag is full of symbolism that has such deep meaning and really speaks to who we are in our culture. And this flag is just not attractive in my opinion. Well, and I want our listeners to know that this this has been going on. The, the, the groundwork was laid last year to create this committee to design the flag. And I went up with another friend of mine to the committee hearing to testify against the idea. And so basically what they were talking about was the idea that, well, you know, people from Utah, they're either wearing U of U logos or BYU, BYU and they're not really identifying as I'm a Utah, you know, and so they, again, you said the, the word logo. They just felt like our state flag doesn't look good on a hat or on a t-shirt. And, and so that's what we've gotten down to is, you know, the logo, merchandising, making money, you know, that sort of thing versus the history that's behind what symbols went onto that flag. Okay. And they like to pull out this little fat flag booklet. I don't remember exactly what it's called, but that flag booklet is just 
subjective. It's just their ideas of what they think a flag should be. And it's a more modern version of flags. It's It doesn't date back to the, the time that all of these flags across the nation. And what's interesting is there's been an agenda. This isn't germane to Utah. This isn't like, oh, we have a problem with our flag. It is an idea that has been spread across the United States to erase some of our history that connects us to God. Because a lot of times our states were founded when the states themselves, the people that lived there, were very closely connected to God and feared their God and honored his law. And this is a way of separating that and creating a new, crisp, clean, um, catchy logo to be our flag. Very sanitized from all symbolism, all meaning, very much from God. And this is a national movement. There's states all across the nation that are replacing their flag. So people here think that it's just because we think our flag is too complicated, but it is a national movement. So right now, it did, um, it started in the Senate because um, Senator uh, McKay is the sponsor of that bill. And I feel like he's personally trying to find a legacy for his name, because wouldn't that be cool to be the senator that changed the Utah flag? Isn't that just self-grandizing at its finest? <laughs> yeah, that's a really great legacy to leave him. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it's, yeah. I'm I changed not... the flag. Yeah. Our our state flag that's been around for what, however, 100 plus years. But anyway, so it's it's on its way to the House. And that's where it's been circled at this point. And so oh, this is the time for you, for those of you listening here in Utah, to get on the phone and talk, talk to your house representative and let them know how you feel about the idea. And think about it. It's not, this isn't just on paperwork. There is money. Your taxpayer dollars were wasted on committee hearings, on committees, on design, this whole process. And then the cost of making these flags and changing them out, this is not a small petty thing. And this so is, yeah. they created a problem in order so they could fix it and get their logo. Okay, so it's a huge waste of taxpayer money and it's a waste of energy when we have these bills that are coming through the session that have much more importance in the lives of Utahns than our flag and what it looks like at this point. Because the flag is important, but it's not affecting your family directly, as some of these other bills are. Yeah. We have so many huge issues to deal with. It's sad that we're spending any time on this and that we're spending any of our tax dollars on it when it's it's not going to make our state better. And like I say, we've, we've been from the very get-go, like, just do a logo, you guys. Do a logo. You can put on a hat, on a t-shirt. You can put it on the website. Just do a logo. But... I, it's just been really frustrating that that wasn't good enough. They want to change our our flag. So I want our listeners to know that if you go to le.utah.gov, if you don't know who your representatives are, if you scroll down on that page, you there will be a place where you it'll say find your representatives and you plug in your address and it will pull up who your representatives are. And you can start to know who they are, put their contact information in your phone, and then it's an easy email or text message to let them know how you feel about the bills. And that bill number, again, was HB1... Oh, gosh. Where did it go? It's 31. It's SB31. Oh, I'm sorry. SB31. So SB Senate Bill 
31. Okay, so now, um, Delane, I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I, some of these things that came up, I'm just, I want to talk about the Halloween bill. Is okay. That, I mean, I mean, is that really, do we really need government, you know, getting involved in when we celebrate Halloween? What holidays? Yeah, I, I mean, this is, this is a, yeah. I mean, I feel like we're such ninny nannies. Tell us what to do. We don't know how to handle our children. And please tell us how to celebrate Halloween because we can't figure it out. And when to celebrate it. And it's like, you know what? We have handled this for my entire life. I mean, I'm not young. I'm over 60. And you, and you I love, love Halloween. Halloween. Like, you know, I am like a Halloween freak, literally. You I are. love and have all my life. And we've always handled it in the state of Utah as a religious person, we never went trick-or-treating on the Sabbath. We always went on Saturday and everyone was fine with it. And then we, as a religious family, other families who were not religious would come trick-or-treating at our house on the Sabbath. And we would, of course, always give them candy. And it was fun. It was actually fun for me because I wasn't out trick-or-treating and I could answer the door and pass out candy. So I, I kind of got two Halloweens, you know, and we are able to govern ourselves and figure this out ourselves. We don't really need the nanny state to solve those problems for us. So. Um, speaking of nanny state and problems, we could talk about SB 152, which is the social media bill. Okay, we will bring it up. It's not trending, but I'm happy to bring not. it up. I'll, I'll okay. find it here. I'll real be quick. really quick. What it does because this is a Trojan horse bill, so it's really important. SB 152, social media. It says in order for anyone to go and create a social media account, they have to show that they are over 18. So, you know, on the surface, that sounds good. Like we're gonna protect our children from social media. But that means that the government or these social media companies are gonna now have your driver's license, your social security card, something issued by the government that identifies you. And so this is a huge data mining boost for these social media companies who are like against it, but they think of what they, they love getting data and having all this data on everyone that they can sell and make money on that. And I do not want to have another data mining company and another place where they will be able to data mine. Plus we know that kids will find their way around this. They will find your driver's license uh, when you're sleeping or you're gone and they will make copies and they can always you know, make their own account in your name. I mean, think of how horrible that would be. Um, it would be even worse because they're doing stuff in a parent's name or a nickname and things like that. So this, I think this is a Trojan horse. I am very against that. The way to solve this, this is a very serious problem. Our children being on social media is really destroying our children. I do not think this is the way to solve it. I don't think, I think we need to stop looking to the government to solve our problems. I think right. we as Liberty Moms need to rise up, stand up, and we need to start sharing and educating with each other and go and meet with other parents in your neighborhood, meet with all your friends, parents, get together and meet with them and say, we're going to limit our children's access. We're going to do oh. it together. Delane, let me tell you, our government has money to burn because if, if they just covered this issue like they did COVID, <laughs> remember, like you couldn't like, turn on the radio or turn on TV or drive on the freeway without having COVID just blaring at you. Right? Still talking about getting vaccinated. Yes. 
Yeah. So, I mean, they have a way of doing it because they've done it. They're good at it, you know, They're and, good. and, and then during the election season, you had Senator or uh, Lieutenant Governor Henderson wasting all our tax dollars with billboards and advertisements, commercials, telling us that the elections are safe, even though she audits herself. Exactly. Her office yeah. audits herself. So it's like, yeah, yeah. we know they're safe, you know, because she audits herself. So yeah. then we know they're good. I'm, you know what? We're honest. You have to trust me because I've audited myself and I know that we are. So I want to point out, this is an interesting sponsor on this bill, because as you know, Governor Cox came out last week and, and is filing this lawsuit. And so guess who happens to be the sponsor of this bill? Governor Cox's brother-in-law. Yes. We have a little Cox. nepotism going on here. So here he is. He's doing Governor Cox's work. Who Governor Cox is in the executive branch, but he's got this little friend, his brother-in-law, who can run bills to support him in the le in the legislative branch. A little nepotism and separation of powers is kind of diminished because they're family and they can. You know, but I think you know, it's kind of interesting that it's Senator McKell who is the bill sponsor. It's all about who you know. You it know. is about who you know. <laughs> no, you got tight connections. It helps. Right. So yeah, I think that a lot of a lot of organizations who protect children are thinking this is a good thing, but you got to think through the intended or unintended consequences of this bill and who should be really handling this is parents. Families, we need to take back our role as parents and stop giving it to the government. They'll never, when has the government ever solved problems? Murder has been against the law forever, and we still have people committing murder. And you know, Delane, this is a great way as, we, as we're as we wrapping up here, because we started with the idea that show me a place where the government has tried to solve the problem that didn't have strings attached. And so you just pointed out that Government's going to solve this problem, but the strings attached to it is they're going to data mine your child. Okay? And you. you. And you. Yeah, you, the parent. And so um, there's no there's no free ride when it comes to the government solving our problems. Okay, and that's why the founders put the chains of the Constitution into against the government. That's to protect us from the government. The Constitution, like, no. We'll figure it out. You can tell us. You can tell us what our problems are. You can tell us the the issues, and we know they're good at it because they showed us how good they were during COVID. They can get into every airwave, every every um, uh, what are they called? Billboard on the freeway. Man, they can get that message out. Get your children off of social media, okay? And they can do that without gathering our data, right? Exactly. Yes, they can do that. They there is there is parents have power and parents can unite. And yes, our government has the power and the and really the the stewardship to educate. They should be sharing with us the 10 studies that Silicon Valley parents, um, they do not allow their children to be on social media at all. They do not allow them to have smartphones. That is because they know perfectly well the damage it does to children. And this is information that our government has and should be educating and sharing rather than mandating parents. Thank you, Delaine. I appreciate you taking time. I mean, you're um, you're in the middle of the session and today is like every day you're up there away from your family. And I, I would like our listeners to know that even if they can't be up there, you can they can support 
the Utah Utah Eagle Forum with a donation because there's lots of money that is spent on printing. My goodness, I got emails today on all the documents that you print out to have people go and listen in committee hearings. So where would they go to make a donation? They can go to utaheagleforum.org, utaheagleforum.org. And we really could use your help because we do a lot of printing. We do a lot of flyers to pass out to representatives and they have to be colorful. They have to look nice. Plus, if we want them to, a, a lot of times we have, like last night we had a movie uh, that about, about vaccine passports and about the vaccine. All right, we've got to take off, Delane. Thank you, thank you for joining us. And thank you for listening in to the Liberty Moms podcast. <laughs>